Hey, it's Greg Hoffman from Take Command. And the best part about podcasts is they create a 25th hour in the day. Whenever I'm commuting, metro, car, even when I'm riding my bike around town, although in that case, one earphone only, safety kids, I'm always listening to podcasts. And this offseason, you can get all the insights, all the news, all the analysis, and Logan and I occasionally make a joke or two in the Take Command podcast on demand so it fits in to your busy schedule. Follow Take Command in the Odyssey app or wherever you get your pods. It's the most anticipated WNBA season in history. And you know what that means. Court is back in session. Welcome to Queens of the Court, an Odyssey original podcast. I'm your girl, Cheryl Swoop, And I'm Jordan Robinson. All WNBA season long, we'll be bringing you interviews with star athletes, analysis on your favorite teams, and lots of hot takes. Order, order in the court. Follow and listen to Queens of the Court on the free Odyssey app or wherever you get your podcasts. Take command here on Odyssey Sports. It's a Monday, so it's a mailbag Monday. Logan, we got two questions. Uh, this first one is from Captain Todd, a frequent listener to uh, all our stuff on 106.7 The Fan and the Team 980. Uh, and Todd asks, does a Terry contract happen this season or do we see a franchise tag type of situation after his final year? Of course, his final year is this year, so we're talking uh, next off season, we're going to be talking this time next year about Terry not being an OTAs because he's on a franchise tag and he's not happy about it. Or, or you know, he'll be ah, well, he signed that big contract last year. Good, good to see you, Terry. By the way, great fishing weekend. I don't, I don't know if you you uh, speak on Instagram, uh, follow him on there. Uh, Terry was out fishing this weekend, caught a lot of fish. So Terry's <laughs> having a grand old time while he's not at OTAs. Um. Yeah, so that's a really good question, and the answer is it depends. And like any good answer, it depends, right? So on in this situation, I think my gut I, again because he this this contract negotiation has been surprisingly quiet. You know, usually there's leaks, someone says something, an agent. You know, there's this. I will say the one thing about the Washington Commanders reporting staff is they're very good at finding stuff, and no one's really been able to find anything meaningful, right? So again, this is all speculation, in my opinion. And you can probably speculate too, Craig, because that's what we do on the show. Um, yeah, so, speculation. So, Let's yeah. do it. So what I would say is that I would, knowing Terry, knowing what he means to this team, I would expect something to be done this year. The one caveat, or there's probably multiple caveats, but the one big caveat in my mind is that the receiver market is insane right now. You know what I mean? Mm. So what they were planning on paying for him is probably drastically different today than it was even three months ago. And so if I'm Terry, I'm saying, well, that guy in Jacksonville just got paid ridiculous money and he's terrible. I deserve at least that for this team. <laughs> and that's yeah, like 20 million a year. If I don't get money, we're going to have issues. It's like 20 million a year, right? Or something yeah, they like 18 Christian and Kirk a half, something. You're like, he so, was the third receiver on a in, in Arizona. Like, he was fine, but... But that type Max? that type of deal screws everything up, right? Mm -hmm. And I think Terry's well aware that he's not Tyreek Hill, he's not uh, Devontae Adams, he's not Hopkins. He's I think he's a, understands that, and I I'm assuming that, but I, just knowing him, what I've heard about him, I think he gets that. But I damn sure believe he thinks he's better than Christian Kirk because he is way better than Christian Kirk and should be paid more than Christian Kirk. So again, that makes this whole thing really complicated because that number jumps. You probably could have got away early in this offseason paying him like 17 and a half, 18 and a half million dollars, maybe 19 if you felt really good. Now you got to pay him 21, maybe 22, which is crazy to think about. Yeah. I, to me, there's two big caveats. That's one of them. The other one is, and to me, this is the way a deal doesn't get done, is if 
Terry's basically like, this organization is a disaster yes. and I don't want to be here. Correct. And Terry is a smart guy. Terry is really competitive. Terry is extremely high character. And if he looks at this organization and goes, I want to see how this year plays out with Carson. I want to see how this year plays out with Ron. I don't want to go through another rebuild with another coach and and play with my fifth quarterback and or sixth quarterback in five years next year. If, if it doesn't go well, I could see him waiting it out and being like, all right, if y'all want to franchise tag me and pay me all that guaranteed money, fine. But like, the receiver market's going up. So when I eventually get paid, I'm going to get more. I think that's, I don't think that's likely, but I think that probably has to exist somewhere in the conversation between he and his agent. I think what's more likely is they get a deal done and it happens this off season. And if he eventually wants out, then he is like, I'm, will you please trade me? Um, yeah. You know, and, and that's a better outcome for the club, by the way, as well, because they can get something in return. But at the end of the day, I, I think that Terry was a third round pick. He's made, by like normal human being standards, very fine money, you know, NFL, NFL yeah. rookie minimums and everything are, are just fine. Terry's making uh, seven figures this year um, on the last year of his deal. And at the end of the day, like he hasn't gotten paid yet by NFL yeah. standards. So if they offer him a get paid contract where he's going to make more by week four than he's made in his entire career, then he's, he's probably going to take that. Um, that, that would seem to be, the the prudent thing to do so i do think they they get something done i the one thing i will say though about terry's like self-evaluation i do think that he's someone who looks at the quarterback situation that he's played with here and goes i mean yeah i haven't been yeah. tyree kill but if you had put me with you had put me with uh patrick, patrick mahomes, mahomes maybe i would be and yeah. so I, I don't know how much below those guys he's going to be willing to go because he's going looking at Devonte Adams and being like, well, he got to play with Aaron Rodgers. You know, yeah. he's looking at Tyree kill and be like, well, he got to play with Patrick Mahomes. So if this I'm Terry, I'm going, I've had to play with Taylor Heineke. Sorry, Taylor over there yeah. in your backup quarterback locker. Um, but like, come on, like, give me, give me a chance here. This is interesting though. I think, it's interesting to think about Terry's market or Terry's perceived value by the NFL, I think is the other thing that's an important variable here because like I'm, I'm of the opinion that Terry's a very good football player, but he's not a true number one. Those guys are going to get paid like they're true number one wide receivers. Right. And when you talk, not this isn't everybody, but when you talk to some people around the NFL, they are of the mindset that he's not a true number one. He's not going to come in and be like a franchise chasing player or like a coverage dictating player, the way Devontae, the way Hopkins, the way Tyreek Hill, you know, the way Julio was in his prime. Like he's not in that same category or pantheon of player. So it'd be interesting if you're the team, maybe you just call his bluff and let him try to hit the open market and say, like, this is the number we're going to pay you. And it's going to be more than everybody else because of like the intrinsic value to the organization. You know what I mean? But like, mm -hmm. I don't think you're going to be able to get this money anywhere else which would be interesting. That that to me is an interesting, like a legitimately interesting conversation about actual value versus his perceived value and like where the team thinks he's at. Because right now, again, this is another thing that I don't think that when they drafted John, this was not on their mind, but he has played so well over the first three weeks or first two weeks of OTAs that maybe you say we don't need, and this is total, everyone just calm down. I can hear it already. Calm <laughs> down. This is total speculation, but now that variable maybe becomes more important you know what i mean maybe in, in this, maybe. In this i mean it, it all matters it all matters I, what i yeah. would say about this with terry and the eval is it's tough because like i test 
like sometimes he catches balls and it just looks super awkward and uncoordinated, but then yeah. he catches it and runs 60 yards. And you're like, Oh, well, I mean, six points, it six worked. points. Yeah, so that's, right. that's cool. And you look at, and again, we've talked about the quarterbacks that he's played with. He's these, these are his stats. His first three years, he had 58 catches for 919 yards in his first year, 87 for 1118 his second year. And then last year, 77 for 1053. Like we're talking about a guy that, you know, is putting up thousand yard seasons. Basically he, he missed the final couple games, his rookie year. Otherwise he would have been over a thousand, but he's over a thousand uh, basically every year with the quarterbacks he's been playing with. And, and again, and so like the, you're talking about Julio's getting like 1500, but he's playing with MVP Matt Ryan. So like, it's really tough because you're, you were looking at a guy who's not always the smoothest. He's not always, you know, looking the part he's from a physical, like so height standpoint. Like he doesn't have the, the tools that you're looking for. But his production's ridiculous considering who what he's been surrounded by. It's, and it's so, tough, and I and then you also have the A plus character, and that's that's why I'm a sucker for for Terry. But you know, me too. I I admit that wholeheartedly. Me too. But I also will say this: I, one of the things I've heard from guys I've talked to is how many of those yards have come in meaningful minutes. And mm -hmm. I haven't gone back and looked at it, but I remember watching in uh, shoot was that last year, maybe two years ago whatever it was. And like a lot of his production would come on late two minute drives where they get, where they're down by two scores already. You know what I mean? And it's like, where was this production? And again, this is, I think Terry, let me just say that I think Terry's a good football player. I think he adds right. value to this team. All those things are true, but this is some of the conversation that you have. Like when I talk to my friends around the NFL, this is conversation that comes up around him. And that's not to, to detract from him in any way. Just as like when you're, when you're negotiating a contract of this magnitude, these are things that come up. So again, like I hope it gets done. I think it'll get done. But again, these are some things, some considerations to, to, to think about. Hey everyone, this is Brett Boone. Would you know it? I've got a podcast going strong in our fourth year. Tune in as I sit down with my friends, some of the biggest names in sports, media, entertainment for a lot of fun and in-depth conversations. As you know, baseball's been my life. It's been in the family for a long time, but it's a lot more than that here. It's sort of like taking a ride in a golf cart around a beautiful track. Join me every week for multiple episodes on the Brett Boone podcast, available on the Odyssey app or wherever you get your podcasts. All right, last but not least, uh, this question comes in on Twitter as well. Again, you can always tweet me your Mailbag Monday questions at Craig Hoffman. This one comes in from uh, BJL1906, uh, Big John. Uh, so Logan recently raved over the tight end group, especially rookies on a pod. I, I hope I hope that was this pod. You're not, this you're pod. not cheating on us, are you? Well, okay. I do a lot of promotional pod work. <laughs> that's true. That's true. As long as you're uh, as long as you're promoting this pod, then that's really all that matters. Big John, I, I do think is is listening to our pod, but because uh, we did we did rave about. I think Big John has his own pod, doesn't he? I don't know. Uh, maybe. I don't yeah. know. Anyway, the point is, he asked this question. Uh, assuming yeah. Logan, uh, and that's Logan Thomas, uh, is not not Logan Paulson, is healthy because yeah. you're healthy right now and you don't play tight end anymore. That's true. You play analyst. Uh, Bates <laughs> develops year two. Turner makes it as a rookie. Where does that leave Reyes, AGG, and the Arizona State rookie he thinks brings a lot to the table? Basically, long story short, how's this tight end room going to shake out, uh, assuming that Logan Thomas comes back uh, relatively early in the season? Yeah, I think that's that's a really good question because right now, I mean, uh, so on Thursday, Friday, whenever they practiced last, both rookies were hurt. And that is a huge bummer because they've been kind of a bright spot of the OTA process. And so right now, if you're making if you have to make your 53 man roster today, it's Bates, it's 
uh, Turner and it's Hodges, the kid from ASU. And it's not like that's a reach. It's like you feel good about that, which is crazy to think about, right? And they haven't had pads on. They're still in their underwear, all those types of things. But I, I like that is, to me, the most interesting group of this offseason because those – I mean, really, three, Rodgers is the other guy, have such great physical tools. And, like, it's I, – I've said this to you before. I've said this on the pod. I've said this elsewhere. I cannot remember a young group of players with so much upside and a group that you feel like, wow, like this is, this guy's a fifth round pick. This guy's undrafted. The other guy's undrafted. He's, he's a converted quarterback. And like, they're all showing traits that make you say these guys could be something really special. Like, um, like, you know, he mentioned Sammy's like one thing's about Sammy's is that it was a very slow development process, right? Because he's never played football before here. These guys are here right now, and you look at them and you say, well, Cole Turner's contested catch ability is maybe the best on the team. Hodges is okay in line, but he has enough receiving upside that you say this guy could be a matchup nightmare the same way Logan Thomas is a matchup nightmare. And they're rookies. And so that's why this becomes so interesting, right? And I I hope those guys are healthy because I just want more information for the evaluation because right now, like he mentioned Bates, and we need to mention Bates because Bates is – right now the best player the best person at the position but in terms of upside those other guys like oh my gosh you you just watch and you think oh my like this is this could be something really really special so with regards to what we're talking about like yes logan thomas is the guy if he's healthy bates is number two and then you have these two young pups who i get people when you mention the people around the building their eyes light up and when i watch the tape and and i watch practice my eyes light up and that's all I can say about it. And and you don't know until they put the pads on. You don't know how they match up with in the run situations and all this stuff until they put the pads on. But I will say, like this run scheme, they do have physical runs, but they also have a lot of runs where you can get you can kind of skate by with not a lot of physicality. And not that these guys aren't physical, but they don't need to be killers. And um, yeah. that's one of the reasons like AGG's conversion to tight end makes a little bit more sense in this offense. And he mentioned AGG. I think AGG has shown really one day of excellent splash that made you say we're gonna we're gonna like see what this is but in terms of consistent production each day it's just not been there you know what i mean so i think that's one of the things i think it sounds like a couple of these guys have big time practice squad potential too that if you can keep them around and develop them next year we'll see um but the thing is like how many how many years in a row are you going to keep a guy like Sammy Reyes and continue yeah. investing in that experiment? Um, like what kind of upside are we talking about? How, how much work and how much time is it going to take to get there? That's, that's the tough question. And, and at the end of the day, the NFL moves quickly and, and a guy who's a darling one year and it's like, Oh my God, if it clicks, he could be the greatest right. thing since, you know, insert Tony Gonzalez, Antonio Gates, yeah. whoever, you know, here, these former basketball guys uh, to like, uh, no, we got a rookie out of Arizona State, and he's probably not going to make the team. And that's we're one year later, but like yeah. that's that happens in the NFL every single year. Well, it's important to note, like with Sammy, he hasn't been practicing. I think he's got like a knee issue or something like that. I don't know ex- exactly what's happening uh, with him, but he's got some type of medical issue that's keeping him out. So he can't even like kind of give himself testimony at this point of the, of the offseason, which is important. But the thing with Sammy that's important to note in in, in response to the question is that he is the only guy with NFL special teams experience. Think about that. And so that third guy, third guy, fourth guy, depending on how many they keep, needs to play teams, has to play teams. Yeah, right? really so a like, third and a fourth. If you're going to keep four, both those guys need to play teams. They got to they be great on teams, right? And so I think Cole Turner, he didn't do a lot of team stuff in college, but he's got kind of the right edge to him. When you watch him play, when you watch him run, you say that guy's got 
that screw loose that makes me think he'll be okay. <laughs> Hodges didn't play a ton of special teams in college, but he did block five kicks at ASU. So he does have some background, but it's like, can you, are you that emotional kind of like psycho that can do special teams well in the NFL? I don't know. But again, Sam East has done it and he's played pretty good on teams. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. So mm-hmm. that is a, is a huge variable in this that like needs to be considered. Like, yeah, we can talk about upside. We can talk about how good they've all looked over the first couple of days of OTAs. But really when it comes time to make that decision, I'm sure the special teams coach here is going to say, well, like, I know what Sam East can do. I've seen him do it and I've trust him. Like, let's right. get him out there and he's going to go to bat for him. And that's where that third, fourth tight end spot becomes a, a roster battle, not between the tight end room, but between you and like the fourth linebacker or the fifth linebacker because of special teams value. So I think that's something that that the that fans need to keep in mind. Like as much as I like what I've seen from those two young guys, like those two young guys are not going to play a ton on offense. Maybe Turner will, but they're not going to play a ton on offense. Like they're going to play a lot on teams. And so you need to have guys you trust and you feel good about um, in, in that role. So I think that's another thing to consider. Yeah, potential can't play. Um, and that's yeah. that's the hardest part is, you know, potential is great in the future, but you also need guys who can do stuff right now. Uh, that's great insight. If you want more of it, you should subscribe uh, right here, wherever subscribe. you're listening right now. Apple, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Google Play, wherever it is that you're listening, your favorite podcast platform. Make sure you subscribe. Also, uh, if you leave us a review, that helps other people find the podcast as well. So we would really appreciate that. Uh, as for us, that's it for today. Uh, we will talk to you again on Thursday. Uh, we got some really fun stuff planned. We got this, this cool, like fantasy draft kind of thing uh, within the <laughs> NFC East. I don't, I, we'll, we'll come up with a catchier name, but it, yeah, it's yeah. going to be a lot of fun. It could be kind of interactive if folks want to think about how they would draft a team made up of NFC East players. So we'll get to that, uh, probably on Thursday. We'll of course have a review of the week and OTAs. Uh, maybe we'll grab one of the beat guys and have him on or her on as well. So yeah. we look forward to that. In the meantime, uh, follow Logan on Instagram at Logan underscore Paulson 82. Follow me at Craig underscore Hoffman. I'm on Twitter as well at Craig Hoffman. And we will see you Thursday on Take Command.